0: Hello and welcome to Face Off, it's been a while since we've done this one, I don't even think we've discussed the Champions League final on this one, so um, is it too far away to discuss it now? No. Never, never. exactly. Well, There's my first guest, we're not going to be focusing on the Champions League, but we might get a cheeky mentioning, um, because why not? Um, But there was one of my guests in Stephen, how are you doing Stephen?
1: I'm good, thank you.
0: Good man, good man. And my other guest is almost a regular now, but he's my partner in crime over on What Up. It's Carl. How you doing, buddy?
2: Not too bad, guy. How about yourself?
0: I'm good, I'm good. Um, Yeah, well, Stephen, I I dare say quickly, but just try to be as quick as you can, but we've won it six times.
1: I know, it's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's,
0: it's
1: Literally... I can still remember exactly where I was sat when we won it five times. And I reckon in 10 years' time, I'll still remember exactly where I was sat when we won it six times. It was awesome. And having a Spurs supporting mother-in-law made it even better.
0: Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, That does make it better. I was sat in the same room for both of them, but I was like, Young and crying in the first one. <laughs> um, and Carl, well, I say thoughts. Your emotions of now winning it six times in one of the worst finals ever, but a nice early penalty, you know, safe hands, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you put it, well, there's one of the worst finals ever. I think that think the, the match itself was, you know, was so tense and it was so... Low quality that it was. It was hard to enjoy it, but I think that the moment Origi scored the goal, like just that the emotions and, entirely changed, and you just you just knew that number six was was coming home, and um, it was just that you know, as as Steven said, you're you know you're gonna remember the this for for the rest of your life. You know, it is it, it, it's, um, it's just one of those. You, I, I was gonna say it's one of those once in a lifetime. Experiences, but we're fortunate that it, at least for me, anyway, it's twice in a lifetime. Same for for both of yourselves. Some some older fans have even maybe fit in three or four. So, um, it's just it's it's amazing, really, to 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 be able to 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 say that we won this six times, and only two other clubs can can say that, and that that says it all, really.
1: And Real At the Mitchell. state, we will be catching them up for number seven pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, there is obviously there's loads of pods on here about um, the Champions League. Let's talk about six of Rob Pro. It's very focused on that and people's journeys and stuff like that. But in this one, we're going to be talking about the squad and not gaps, but places that a team that is competing with perfection i think it's fair to say, or in man city that places we do need to improve just to to overcome probably the most well the best put together team in the history of the premier league probably fair to say but um carl we're not going to go through goalkeeper right back center back at all that jazz but there are there has been some departures um with moreno and sturridge being the headlines who were released on free transfers um so is that is that really the best starting point in terms of the gaps in the squad? Is probably backup fullback and then the forward areas.
2: Yeah, most definitely. I think really, you know, it's not that we lacked numbers per se it's it's maybe that in in certain areas that there were players that you know either through injury or through maybe the the manager not trusting them for whatever reason that they they got minimal minutes and therefore other players had to pick up the slack by playing a lot of minutes and So for that reason, I think it's it's a case that for us to sign players, realistically, someone has to go to to make space in terms of the wage bill and, you know, just kind of logistics of it all. So I think that that is the starting point, the fact that our our sub left back and, you know, one of our sub forwards, I mean, it's difficult to, to say who was kind of. The under the direct understudy, really, because storage seemed preferred at times already at other times. Maybe it was a case of horses for courses, but nonetheless, storage is gone. So I think that that is where we, we need to address. And, and that seems to be what the the media are suggesting that, you know, we're, we're getting this word that it'll be a quiet summer for, for Liverpool, but that what Klopp is in the market for is a versatile forward and a kind of young left-sided defender that that can kind of t- step into to Moreno's shoes and and be the understudy to Robertson. So I'd be very surprised if there are two areas that we don't address this summer.
0: And and Stephen, just building on them two positions, it's obviously tough buying in those two positions because, well, our front three, if not best in the world, that well, probably is best in the world, but if it's not best in the world, certainly top two or three. And... Andy Robertson is a freak who doesn't get tired, doesn't get injured, and I think he missed, like, what, four games this season? Um, So, yeah, it's two tough positions to buy considering the um, the first-teamers don't really take breaks.
1: It is, and I do
0: wonder if...
1: I mean, have you seen Keanu Hoover's goal today? I have not. It's ridiculous. He's scored, like, a 25-yard free-kick in the bottom corner.
0: I saw his one a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, there's a, there was a really good clip a few weeks ago that he seems to have a really similar technique to how Van Dyke used to take them at Celtic. But, I mean, it's a cracking, cracking free kick. And do you know what? He's, what, 17? He's built like a centre-half, but apparently he's a full-back. So if he can come in and be our, you know, second, third choice right-back this year and fill in an occasional centre-back, then maybe we just need to get a left-back for... cover for... um. For Robbo, and maybe we get a youngster, or we get an old hat to come in and just give a bit of a bit of sanity around the squad. The way that there are games where Milner's come on and his level head has actually been the right thing to do. Hmm. So unless we can go on, we can go by like a a delete. You know, we can go and get a truly elite player. I'm actually not that worried about our defence anymore. I just think a left back left back cover and. Let the guys keep going as they are. As I said, like if mm. you get like a world class, delete level, you know, centre half who's really going to put Gomez on the back burner, considering he's likely to play twenty five, thirty games at the most a season. But apart, but I'm not worried about the defence anymore at all. They, they just, they just look brilliant. And that kid's free kick today. Like, if we can get a Trent light, then you know, I'm not going to complain about that.
0: No, you make a very good point, and the thing is, Trent's only seven year old himself, so anyone coming through that position is going to struggle to get in.
1: Can you uh, imagine having like two of the best right backs in Europe in the same team, and they're like four years apart, five years apart in age?
0: I'm sure I've done that on Football Manager every time. <laughs> Never ends well. <laughs> um, Carl Stephen mentioned a, a certain player who, well, is is, is a midfielder, but. Going forward, I know Klopp loves Milner uh, and and so on, and loves getting him in the team, or especially loves having him around the squad. But going forward, could rather than us say by either an experienced fullback cover who can possibly cover both, or or a youngster, um, to fill in. Could could Milner just kind of lock down the backup fullback position? Cause we'll we'll get to midfield and stuff in a min, but. I imagine minutes in midfield will probably go down. we will have well, that's one of the rumored positions we might be buying in. But anyway, we still have Naby, who is more settled, and Ox is coming back, and another player who thinks he might get some more minutes next season. But is that a is that a position Milner could just lock down?
2: It's difficult to say, really. I mean, James Milner, you know, he's. In a way, he's an exception to the rule in terms of his age because, you know, of his clean lifestyle. You know, he's he's not quite a, a 34 year what you might expect from a 34 year old. There, but at the same time, he is still 34. You, you can you can only avoid age so much, and I think we've seen there were times last season. I mean, he started mm. last season like a house on fire, and then he seemed to burn out somewhat, and that's in that's inevitable. Like I, I think his minutes, I, I don't think we can rely on him to to play that often at fullback. And you know, what if Robertson got a long term injury, and then suddenly Milner's playing left back every. Every game, he he's gonna run out of juice quite quickly if that's the case. So I and I know people will say, "Oh well, Joe Gomez can play too," but you don't really want. Well, I don't really want Joe Gomez a fullback, period. But. I especially yeah. don't want him on the left because in that fact then he's very ineffectual in an attacking sense. So um, I don't think that's really what we want. So I think while Nenna is a great option to have is to think, well, look, we have a, a plan C for left-back or a plan C for right-back or even not even that way. Certain games Klopp might think, well, this is a good game for Milner to play fullback. You know, we want his experience, or we want his crossing ability, or you know, whatever might be the case. It's Brilliant to have that option, but I, I don't think we want to be relying on him as a left back. But it is difficult. I mean, you, you hinted at it yourself earlier when you, you were asking Stephen. Like, it, it is difficult to sign for these positions because of the players we have in that position, because of the age as well. Like Robertson is reasonably young himself. You know, it's not like he's twenty eight and, you know, you can tell a young lad, oh look, a couple of years he'll be burning out and that'll be your time to shine. You know, Robertson is, is gonna be there for maybe next five, six, seven years or whatever is the case. So whoever comes in, you know, they're, they're gonna have a task on their hand, which is why I think, you know, ideally if we can get someone who's versatile, you know, be that if that's a left back that can also play on the wing or if it's a left back that can also play in defensive midfield or right back even would be even better or center back which is why i think when we were linked with lloyd kelly and a lot of people said yeah he's definitely of interest to liverpool he made sense because of his ability to play left center back and you know you'd be thinking maybe he can get some game time there if it's Especially if Lovren is to move on, or you know, even as a long-term successor to Lovren, like it's good that he has that second position. But obviously, he went to Bournemouth, and then we're we none the wiser as to who could the target could potentially be. Like it's, you know, I think Michael Edwards has a, a difficult task. I'm sure so many players would love to play for Liverpool, but at the same time, these players are going to be thinking of their future and you know what what opportunities they're going to get, and it, it is a tough one.
1: I am going to have to stick up for James Milner for a second. He said he's 34. Considering he's younger than me, don't age him. He's only 33. <laughs> give him that My year bad back.
2: Then. I'll, I, I stand corrected. <laughs>
1: nobody, nobody wants to get closer to 35, let alone 40. <laughs> I,
2: think, I think it's because Klopp keeps calling him 34 and 35. And Klopp seems to give a different age for him every time he talks about him.
0: He sees him in training, that's (laughs) (laughs) why. He saves his energy for the match. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, it is a strange one. Milner can pretty much slot it anywhere. That's probably not up front, because our attack is fast people. Milner's not that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it is a tough one. It's probably the least interesting, because I imagine Robertson is going to play at least 90, five percent of the minutes at left back and we've seen already i think you mentioned earlier carl um, and Stephen milner can probably do a better job at right back really in terms of our system i think he southampton he came on as a sub and settled the game down for example and well i I agree with what you said as well carl i don't want gomez in either full back position but he probably will get played at right back unfortunately um so let's get to the more interesting positions because Fullback is the one that needs cover, but then doesn't really happen. Um, hey,
1: fullback would be interesting if we've got someone like a Assessinian, because that yeah. could be quite exciting. He needs to learn how to defend, which is why you need Robbo to pay 45 games. But he could be quite an exciting player, because then he can fill in, as you said before, Kyle, further up the pitch.
2: Yeah, that would be certainly the the. The, the kind of player that that would make sense in 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 that way and obviously I think for his attacking ability he'd he'd kind of fit what we do in 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 terms of our fullbacks which is why you know we're keeping Gomez as the sub right back I know he'll also play games in at centre back and probably even more games at centre back then right than right back seems strange because he's not kind of like for like for um. For Trent, which is is maybe why I wonder why, or, or is maybe why Klopp was was supposedly in the background trying to to kind of guide Camacho towards that position being a a right back, which supposedly didn't sit well with Camacho, and is why he's refused to sign a new deal and and is looking like going elsewhere, um be, because he would have been like for like for Trent and and could have played kind of the. When he couldn't, um, but obviously, unfortunately, that's that's not going to work out now, and we're we're back to the drawing board on that one. Um, maybe it's just a case we we just don't feel the the right kind of sub right back is is available to us at the moment. So Gomez will will have to be that stopgap for another year.
1: Or, or Hoiva is going to get a few games. You know, Trent was playing first team at seventeen, eighteen, so maybe he can and he looks interesting he looks a good player
2: is Hoever uh, playing in the under 21s tournament at the moment
1: yeah he's playing right he's playing right back for holland and he's that? that's what i mean and he scored an absolute belter today
2: that's very impressive i mean he was only playing for the under 18s what about 3 weeks ago so it, it says a lot that they they trust him so much to to play for their under 21s at, at such a young age especially considering how good the dutch youth setup is they're so good at raising young players and can, they put so much into development like it it says a lot about his his talents that he's already there at, when he's he's only seventeen. And having
1: a right back backup who can take free kicks would for the right back who can take free kicks would be pretty nice swap swap in.
0: Very true no, let's just, hope. So.
2: Let's just hope, hope. Hopefully he can take corners. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We're long past that dream now. <laughs> 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 uh, we've got
1: shark for corners.
0: Yeah, but he yeah, Clopton like it <laughs> Um but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a strange one. I mean the Cessignon shout, he's been linked with us since he was um a sperm in his dad's body. Um that's how long we've been linked with Ryan Cessignong. It 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 it's seemingly between always being between us and Spurs and well, the rumor has gone pretty much dead now. But he, he was apparently one foot in the door at Spurs a couple of weeks ago. But it would it I would mean, definitely make sense.
1: I'd imagine he goes to Spurs. But I'd love the absolute trolling of them if he rocked up at Malwood.
0: <laughs> well, he's apparently a Liverpool fan and stuff like that. But the path, and unlike yeah
1: and, and unlike Robbo, he can shoot. So when he gets yeah. to the edge of the box, Andy Robertson loves to have a crack at goal that never goes in. This kid might actually score a couple.
0: Yeah, but Robbo can defend and stuff. <laughs> so that's probably a plus for him. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, we'll we'll move into the centre of defence. And, um, uh, Carl, I'll start with you on this one. Lovren's been rumoured um, with a move to Milan, which I think has actually um, cooled in, in the Italian media t- today quite a bit. But it got to the stage where apparently, well, some of that, some of our more reliable journals saying we've named a price and, and stuff like that, which seems to be not as actively looking to sell him, but if people want him, there, there is a, a, a price to meet and he can go so on and so on and so forth. Um, but what, what's your thoughts on Lovren? So, some people think he's the perfect number four center back for us, uh, where some people, I'm probably more in this camp just to get my perp- per- like, perspective on it. Um, I, I think he's he's one of the last um last players in an era that should be forgotten if you get what I mean, um. So yeah, where do you sit on a Lovren debate? Because there is two extremes at every debate. Uh,
2: you know, I mean, uh, we've we've discussed Lovren a few times on on this podcast, and uh, like I feel he's not as bad as someone some people make out. But he certainly is. I mean, no one's going to argue the fact that he's he's our weakest centre-half. I mean, shoving aside, kind of the going into, delving deeper into it, firstly, he's the slowest of our four centre-backs, and secondly, he's the worst passer of the ball of our four centre-backs. Two traits which I think are very important in our team, considering we we play quite a high line, and we like to pass it out from the back. And often our our centre backs have to step into midfield, you know, to to be that extra man. I know Mattup generally takes that role up when he plays, but what about when he doesn't play? So, like, I mean, I'm not saying Lovren's he's not particularly slow, and he's not a terrible passer, but he is clearly the weakest at the four in both those areas. So, I think think that's important to point out. You know, I, I think I've often said sort of, I think Lovren's. Head is his biggest weakness. In that, I I think he's prone to nerves, and those nerves can be infectious. Of some of Trent Alexander Arnold's worst games have came because you know I don't it could be a case of the chicken or the egg, but I don't know which one of them has, has panicked first. But they they've just both ultimately ended up panicking and making it worse for each other. So you know I I think that that kind of points out to, to where kind of loving is weak is, is when it comes to nerves and you know he's been with Liverpool playing at the top level for a few years now and I don't think you're going to teach him new tricks at this point he is what he is in that sense so you, you're not going to get that out of his game and it is always going to be a risk that's you know he, he can let you down at key moments I mean we were lucky that we were pretty comfortable against Roma because that, that was one of his his worst performances mm. last season the, the away leg so That is that is always a concern, and I think the attitude probably with him is, you know, again, I I'm not in Klopp's mind, so I'm I'm not going to claim to to know what Klopp's thinking, but at least from what I've seen in terms of how Klopp has treated him over the years, I gather Klopp rates him to to some level, and and you know appreciates him as a player to some level. But at the same time, the fact is he clearly is fourth choice. So I'm sure that the club's—I'd assume the club's position is that you know if a decent offer comes in and Lovren fancies to move, we're not going to stand in his way. But at the same time, I doubt we're act as some people have implied. I-, I doubt we're actively trying to push Dejan Lovren out the door. You know, and, and I whether I think we should or shouldn't is, is irrelevant. I just. I, I don't think we are. So, I mean, Lovren. You know, a lot of players claim Liverpool are their boyhood club, but from what I gather with with Lovren, that's 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 true. You know, he was big Igor Bishkan. Surprise, surprise! Is is make sound crazy to some people but that he was a hero of his for the national <laughs> who team who isn't he, <laughs> he played for liverpool so that that's that's big to to lover and it's a club he always wanted to play for so the key is where he wants to be he's obviously got some good friends at the club um you know he gets on with the manager like i, I don't i think despite losing his place i i don't think he's going to be scratching at the door to get out quite yet and maybe if he has a full season you know, as as a second-string player, that could change. But for now, I don't think See, it will.
1: So. I'm going to disagree with you there. I think that in Lovren's mind, he's a first-choice centre-half at a top club. And he's not stupid. He probably realises that he can't get back in the team. Because even when he was fit towards the end of the season, he wasn't going to get in ahead of Matip. And then the, the defender coming into games at the end of the season for minutes here and there was Gomez. I think he's a proud guy. I think he's enjoyed his stint at Liverpool, and I think a okay Milan are a mess, but they're still Milan. A Milan, or even a Leon, or someone comes in for him, I think he'll say, "Thanks, guys. I am going to go and play first team football in a slower league that that you know that might suit him a bit better." Because end of the day, your fourth choice centre half is only useful if they're available, and he's missed the best part of thirty games in what the f- five seasons we've had. So he's missed almost a season of Premier League football since we signed him. I don't think we can afford to have somebody whose ego may be slightly inflated as our fourth choice and someone who won't be available.
2: No, I I mean I, I can certainly see the the reasonings why love Lavin- and could could consider leaving, and I I did say that in in our WhatsApp group earlier in the the summer that I felt that both Lovren and Shakiri is two examples of players that had big decisions to make this summer, in terms of whether they wanted to kind of play a big part of Liverpool, um most likely, or if if they want to go elsewhere and and be first team regulars, and I still think that's the case. Shakiri seems to have come out and kind of made his decision publicly. He wants to stay, but. Uh, Lovin hasn't quite played his cards yet. Um, I think there is, you know, I don't, it's kind of like, a, as I said, I talked about Lovin being nerves. I do think there is the the kind of hide to that Jekyll in that, that he, he can be overconfident and borderline cocky, but I didn't really want to say it because, um, you know, it, it seems almost like I'm, I'm insulting the guy because maybe that's just how he comes across, but that's not at all how he he thinks i i don't know but um there is you definitely do get that impression at times in the kind of things he says in the the interview maybe he doesn't maybe despite his his kind of fluency in in i think it's what six languages maybe he hasn't quite mastered english in terms of of knowing how best to to communicate a message and kind of maybe confidence gets Muddied in the water to, to cockiness at times, certainly in in interviews. But um, I think, like uh, as I said, I, I think it's he's, he's probably quite torn at the moment. Now, and again, I'm not, not going to know say I know what is in his head, but at least what I can assume, you know, that what I can that he he's probably quite torn between you know being at a club where he has a lot of friends and the club he always wanted to play for against. Being fourth choice and and knowing that he's he's not going to be a regular starter, particularly in the league in Europe, so uh, I think he he definitely has a, a tough choice to make in in terms of his future, and it'd be interesting to see what he decides. But at the same time, clubs have to be in for him for him to have a decision to make. Clubs who can can afford the fee Liverpool will likely demand and his wages because I mean based on reports I, I think he's on around a hundred thousand pounds. So that's that's not cheap for, for even in this, this uh cash rich climate, you know?
1: No, but you'd imagine someone like a West Ham would be happy to come in and pick up a thirty year old lover and to sit in their defence where they're not gonna expect him to spend too much time with the ball and he can be think, the leader; he so proclaims to be. I
0: think West Ham have learned a lot since since the Billich days. To be fair, that's where we hoped um, Lovren would go there. But uh, you do. Yeah, I think you both make good points there. Um, um, well, just in in terms of obviously we don't know what Klopp and Lovren are thinking. Whether Lovren just wants to stay out his contract, I think he has two seasons left. Um, and. Whatever Klopp's thinking, he might be just happy with the centre back options and 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 so on and so forth. But in terms of um, what Michael Edwin's stuff, we we do need to be selling players this season to fund stuff, whether it's the stadium expansion, yada yada yada, or if we do if we do actually sign some players. But it's getting towards July, and no, it's not looks like it's happening. But uh, Lovren is. I think he's turning thirty in like two weeks' time. I think it's the start of July. Um, when he turns thirty and if we are well, it looks like Milan were ready to offer somewhere in the twenty million pound region. But if we can get twenty to twenty five million for a thirty year old centre back, as as Stephen pointed out earlier, is injured quite a lot and misses a lot of games and as you've both pointed out, he's undisputedly our fourth choice centre back at the minute. Um 20 million quid for a 30-year-old centre-back who's not first choice. It'd just be stupid not to not to take it, wouldn't it, Carl?
2: Yeah, certainly. I think £20 million pound would be be quite a, a good fee for us to get. And I think that would easily, you know, putting aside the, that I'm sure that we probably have money there to spend if we want to, I'm sure £20 million—it in itself could, could probably cover a, a good young replacement and i think that's probably what we would target would would be someone young i like i don't think we'd be going out and and buying another established centre because there's no real need with with how good uh, our three other three center backs were last season. The, the only one concern is, you know, per, you know, we talked about Lovren having injury histories, you know, mm. Matap and, and Gomez have had just as much. I could say Gomez has been unlucky with, with a couple of kind of long term layoffs, but nonetheless, in, injuries are still injuries and it's still games that they weren't available. So, um, I, I think for that reason, if, if an offer comes in for Lovren and, and, 20 million would, would be a good offer that we, we probably would accept it and then look to to bring in some, someone younger and, and someone fitter who who can be there to to play when, when required. Well, apparently Marseille
1: have got to raise 50 million in player sales to meet FFP by end of the month. So, you know, take 20 million for Lovren and go spend it on Bubakar Kamara and there you go, job done. And Dave Hendrick will be... Mm. As happy as Dave Henrik can ever be.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think Kamara's on a free transfer the season after, so I don't think maybe one on a free later on. I'm sure I was looking just out of boredom, looking at tran- centre backs who were who going to be on a free transfer in the future, and I'm sure his name popped up. But yeah, I think um, you both make good points, and, and Kamara, I've not seen anything of him other than Dave's name, checked him a bit. Um, I think we were linked with, uh, what's his name? Saliba, I think it is from Santa Ian um a, a week or so ago it might be one of them random as hell links that's got no credence whatsoever um i like the look of that uh, i think it's ibrahima Kanate, uh who played for France's under 21s last night who looked like joel matty but younger um so that 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 pleases me there uh if we got if we target well it seems to be a french center back because they're all that's what they are nowadays all center backs are indeed french um but if we just target a young a young centre back to possibly replace Lovren, or even even bring one in regardless, because I think Matip's still only got a season left. If Lovren's got two, um, if Joe Gomez's injury problems continue, we still got to be preparing for the future. So I think it, it's definitely a position we'll be looking at whether we get one this summer or we have plans to get one in January or the or the summer after. I think it's something we'll definitely definitely be looking at. Um, in in the near future, um. So we'll move on from centre back, um, mm. cause it's only Lovren who's been who's been rumoured with a move out and and stuff like that. But we'll move into um central midfield, and Stephen, I'll start with you on this one. Lalana's obviously, I think mean, it was like a week or two ago. Lalana came out said he, he's had um assurances from the transfer team and Klopp that he that he still um got a role to play, and he seems confident um. Of uh, of well, regaining a spot in the first team or, or the squad at least. Um, i i i guess the majority of the fan base just doesn't see it because even when he has been fit, he's not been picked in the in the first team. And when he has pick been picked, apart from I think it was West Ham, that's the only performance I can think of where he actually did anything half decent, and he was still buggered after like a half a football. Um. But-
1: well, but how often? How often do you hear Klopp saying that a player's time at the club is over? They're uh, not. Gonna, they're not going to say anything that could affect the value of, or of Lallana, or anything that's going to affect his confidence in case they can't sell him. So I, I just think that's just fluff, as much as not from telling everybody he's a world-class centre-half. I just think he's <laughs> saying what he's saying what he wants to happen, not necessarily what will happen.
0: Well, I mean, do you think? he he would come out and and say something, well, I, I didn't see a video or anything of it, if there was one kicking around, but you, you would have to come out confidently and say you've got the backing of the manager and stuff like that, so he must have had an inkling. I'd, would Klopp say that if he wasn't, well, <laughs> Klopp loves to like, <laughs> say nothing in press conferences and stuff like that, but in in terms of a one-on-one conversation, would Klopp be that ruthless, if that's the right word, with, with Lalana if he... I'd think Klopp would probably be straight up with someone who he he must respect considering he stuck by him with all these injury problems and and such.
1: But then apparently he wanted Klein to stay in January and he left. So how much can we read into what players are telling us he's told them and what actually Mm -hmm. happens? I'm pretty sure if someone comes up and gives Michael Edwards the right money to get Alana's 100 grand a week off the books, he'll be gone.
0: I'd, I'd I'd hope I'd hope that'd be the case too, but I just found it I found it strange that Lalana came out with quite a strong statement. What do you think, Carl?
2: I I think you know again disclaimer you know we don't know what Klopp thinks, but we could we make assumptions based on kind of history and and what we've witnessed. And I think three things I when it comes to Klopp and his attitude towards players that I consider are probably likely is firstly he respects any player that, that's willing to give their all. And I think every player in our squad right now picks that box. And and lalana would be one of those. You know, if nothing else, he's always a willing runner. He's always willing to, to, to try and press like a demon, sometimes ineffectually, sometimes quite, quite effectively. But nonetheless, he, he's going to give it. So I don't think we have any player that Klopp's going to be actively... Pushing out the door, I think in the past we have had managers who've kind of turned around to certain players and just been like, "Empty your locker. We're going to find a club for you." You know, that I think uh, I think it famously happened with Salif diao a couple of times. Um, although you know his his recent performances in the the for the Legends team, you know, <laughs> might might consider calling him back, but. um You know, I don't think Klopp's going to do that. I think we've seen, like historically, he's fallen out with a couple of players and then there's been talk, it's been down to their attitude and, you know, and I think that's the kind of thing Klopp won't tolerate. But if someone has a good attitude and is willing to get their head down, you know, Klopp's going to show them respect. But at the same time, I think he's real with his players. Like I'm sure when he, he sat down with, with Klein as the example, like I'm sure he, he you know, I'm sure he did want to ultimately he wanted to have that option. But at the same time he was gonna be real with Klein and, and say, like, look, Trent is first choice, you know, and then there's Joe Gomez. So, you know, he's he's gonna be honest about opportunities. And then it's up for the players to, to make their decision. So I'm, sh- I'd be surprised if he hasn't sat down with Lalana and, and been like, look, you know, I've, X player has done really well in that position this season. I'm sure like the fact Ox is back. Like, so I'm sure Lalana is, is clear on the, the challenge there is to get into the team. And, and I'm sure Klopp has painted that picture for him. Um, you know, I don't really know. Similar to Lovren, it's it's difficult to say what's going to happen. I, I think a, a lot depends on the offers that come on. I think it was reported Lalana had turned down three clubs to stay. But, OK, he turned down three offers, but were they good offers? I mean, he's on, reportedly, again, 110,000, I think, a, a week. If these clubs were offering him 60,000, 70,000 a week, let, let's ballpark, let's say, you know, can you blame him for turning it down? I mean, it's mm. his career at the end of the day. I think Ali, you know, to, to credit him, said if, if this was your job and, and someone, a new company offered you the chance to come work for them, but you, you're only going to get 60% to your pay, are you going to take it at the end of the day? Yeah. You're probably not. But th- there's things for Lalana to to consider, like, does he think he could possibly make the England squad? There's a lot of competition for his position now. You've got maybe Loftus-Cheeks make a, makes a pack in time for it. I, I don't know. There's Ox, obviously, will be on the, the path back. There's Lingard. There's Dele Alley, There's Barkley. There's Madison. There's Ward-Prowse. A lot of competition for that kind of advanced midfield role. But at the same time, Adam Lallana was England's player of the year like in the run-up to getting injured. So mm. that was under Southgate. So it's not like he's that far away from the team, but he's, if he wants an England place, he's going to have to go away and play. So I think similar to Lovin, Lalana has things to balance out. Yeah, he's probably never going to play for a club like Liverpool again, given the age he is and the fact that his body seems to be slowly letting him down. So is is he going to grip onto that even if it's only for one last year or is he going to want to go and play regularly? And there is also the financial matter to, to consider for him as well. So he's another player that has a big decision to, to make depending on what offers come in from.
0: Well, Carl, I, I, I'm going to guess I know Stephen's answer to this. This is why I'll stick with you for it. Is there any chance he could regain a spot in the squad I know you mentioned, we've all mentioned the midfield options that are coming back uh, whether it's fitness or just settling or whatever but I think Lilana's not had uh, took a holiday or whatever uh, towards the end of the season He wants to try and regain a spot but is there any any way he could actually become a, a part of the squad again because I, I personally just can't see it
2: It's difficult I mean on paper, most fans are probably going to place him as seventh-choice centre-midfielder if there is such a thing. And much like we, we said, Lovren's probably fourth four-choice centre-back, but of course it's a lot easier for a four-choice centre-back to play than it is for a seventh-choice centre-midfielder. You know, you do expect that with... Those, those kind of front two of the three midfield positions that, that he can, can operate in are, are going to probably be occupied by two of Genie Henderson, Milner, Keita, and, and Oxlade-Chamberlain. But at the same time, Oxlade-Chamberlain's just coming back from injury. We don't know how he's going to be, as uh, you know, uh, Neil keeps pointing out every time his name comes up uh, when we're talking about him. And you know Henderson's no stranger to to injury. Milner's getting on. Kida's had his fair share of injuries since coming to Liverpool. So suddenly six can become three or four, and then Lalana's not so far away from the team. So it's hard to say he definitely wouldn't get chances, but he definitely would have a, a battle ahead in in my mind and similarly obviously we've seen him play further forward at times. I'm not a fan of that. I I, I don't think he has kind of the pace or movement that that a uh, forward needs in, in our setup, but we have seen him there at times. Um, but there is a lot of players there. Even, even with we're we're probably going to discuss that we're probably going to sign. We hope to sign someone there. But even without signing someone there, there's still Oregi and Brewster's coming through now, and has apparently been promised chances and Shakiri. So there's it's it's not easy to get in there either. So I think he he has a, a tough challenge to to get rid, any kind of minutes really. Um looking at, at least from the offset of this season, because we don't know what's going to happen in terms of injuries and such.
1: I think his toughest challenge would be the first two weeks of pre-season, three weeks of pre-season, when all the internationals are away, and he realizes how bloody big Marco Grujic is, and and how good he is, and realizes he's literally like a metre shorter than him, and he's screwed. I think there's more chance of Grujic getting a chance in the squad this year than Lalana.
0: Nope. and Klopp
1: does seem to like him he does talk him up
0: Klopp yeah, Cl- talks up he played
1: he, he played what 25 games in the Bundesliga last season and had injuries and in most games was playing close to the full game so I'd rather see him be given a chance
0: I think they're it's two it, different uh, players to be fair but I, I do get your point
1: yeah. I think mean, yeah, Lalana's not playing in the front three ever again, so he's he's oh, fighting for the attacking midfield role, and that's where Gruwich was playing really well for Billet when, you know, the bits and pieces I saw of him, he was playing as an attacking attacking eight or attacking midfielder, and he's got that physical frame as well as being a decent centre midfielder. Hmm. You know, you put him with Fabiño and Kaiter, and you've got a pretty powerful
2: looking midfield. Yeah, no, I, I can certainly see see where you're coming from there. I think on on paper, grooge does make more sense if we do decide we need a, a another midfielder in the squad ra- rather than Love um, Lalana, because you know Lalana's best position for me, and the position in which I think he's serviceable when fit. But there's definitely air quotes there because you know that's that's always been his problem is as the, the kind of number 10. And we don't play that like kind of a traditional number 10 per se, but we do. There is one midfielder who is more advanced than the other two. And I think Lalanna can, can be decent there, but there's so much competition. Like Ox plays, can play that role. Keita, Jeannie, Henderson, Milner at a push. So he's effectively competing with all our midfielders for that role. Is another one, depending on the system. So Except for Fabinho, every one of our midfielders can can play that role, and and some would argue others are better suited to it now than than Lalana is, and then at a push he can play as the 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 middle of the the three midfielders, although it's not ideal. But again, basically everyone can play there. Whereas I think one thing we're lacking is some reliable cover for Fabinho, because you know, especially as. He gets less and less kind of mobile. Well, like he, I mean, Henderson is obviously mobile, but what I mean is he can't do that constantly because he does have a chronic injury. You know, we're we're, we're seeing less and less top performances in that position for Henderson. That you know, if you can get a serviceable performance as the six. You take it from Henderson now. It's it's just it's not an ideal position for him, which is why we've probably seen Genie go in there at times in the past two seasons. But again, it's it's not the ideal position for him. So, you know, Gruage has played games for Berlin at at defensive midfielder. He played a lot there for Cardiff. So we know it's a position he can play. I mean, Gruage really can play any one of the the midfield roles in our midfield three. So he does make a lot more sense. To me he feels like the long term replacement for
1: Henderson. He's got the physicality to play as a Fabino style beast of a DM and also as a box to box midfielder. So that's why I'd like to see him stay. And give him give him ten games in Fabino's role in domestic cups and against the Dross. And then give him a few games running up the pitch the way that Hendo was released this year and you know, the last what third of the season he looks like a re- reborn player because Milner doesn't have the capacity to play as a boxers box midfielder the way he did even 12 months ago 18 months ago so we're we're going to need somebody who can give us that physical powerful midfielder who's also got a good touch who can shoot who can pass who can do everything you need but as you said, you know Henderson's got chronic injuries. Cater hopefully, is going to get more games. Ginny is, Ginny is kind of like the new Milner, isn't he? He's he's Klopp's plug and play him anyway. He's played in left wing, right wing. He's played him as a false nine. He's played centre half. He has literally played everywhere apart from left back and in goal.
0: I forgot Ginny played up front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> oh dear. But yeah. I wasn't really, I completely forgot Grewich existed. (laughs) It's an interesting uh, um, scenario you're thrown in there. I don't think he'll get a chance because I just, I just, I just don't think he will. I just think Klopp, for some reason, I don't think Klopp will give him a go. And I think it might be when we cash in on this, uh, this summer, but I might be completely wrong there. Um, Um. so yeah, it'd be an interesting. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Grich, um in the pre I'm not. I don't think he's with Serbia in the if if Serbia are in the under twenty uh, one tournament. I don't think he's there. Oh, I, I, I don't even know how old he is. <laughs> twenty three. Uh, is he? Christ. Yeah. Getting on. Too old. <laughs> but
1: I mean, with, with Grich and yeah. um, Ox effectively coming back, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't touch the midfield. And I know a lot of people are like, we need a creative midfielder. We need this, that, or the other. But maybe Cater can be that player. Maybe Griewicz can be that player. Maybe Henderson not playing as a six and getting forward gives us a bit more dynamism when he is fit and ready to play. So maybe we don't need a Bruno Fernandes, however lovely it would be to see someone of that ilk in the team. Maybe we do need that. All power, all running, all action midfield.
0: Well, what what do you make of that, Carl? I and mean, you you kind of alluded to it earlier. It might be one of the positions we're actually looking at, whether it's Fernandez, Fickie, or other, of a of of obviously last summer is similar. probably more of an attacking midfielder, but anyway. But it is a position we've obviously evidently looked at, especially with Fekir nearly signing and all all that. And...
1: Yeah, but was Fekir coming into play as a knight, or was he coming in to compete as a left wing false nine type front three player?
0: Both,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think that I'd, I'd agree with Steve then and that I think like Fecker was, was being seen as like he can play as a, a, an attacking midfielder, but he can also play wide, he can also play as a false nine. So he was ideal in that he, he could slot into midfield at times, but other times he, he could to step in for for one of the front three and and give them some some proper competition, which is why earlier in the summer I thought that the link to to Brandt made a lot of sense because he can also play wide and and he can play as an attacking midfielder. So there was going to be the games there for him. Whereas I I think while on paper we can all look at our team and say okay we don't have like a specialist creative midfielder you know like Cade can create chances Henderson can. Ox, of course, can, but there's no one that that that's their their primary job. So while we we need one on paper, but at the same time, the the practicality of it all, you can only have so many midfielders in a a squad. And even if Adam Lallana goes, we've still got six midfielders. So I think some and and as. Steve pointed out if Gru just lights a fire under Klopp in, in preseason, it'd be very hard for him not to keep him around. So that could be another one. So I think I if really if we were to sign someone like Bruno Fernandez, someone Adam Lana has to go for starters, and secondly, someone else that we weren't expecting to go has to go. A few weeks ago, I might have thought that would have been James Milner back to Leeds, but clearly that isn't happening now. So, who goes? You know, who else could possibly go? I just I just don't see where we make that space in the squad. As much just as, as a, I'd love it to happen.
1: Well, there's a curveball. was the one going for Ginny? I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think anybody goes. And, you know, I don't mind Milner sticking around as an elder statesman who may start 10 games and may come on in 15 because we do have a lot of young players. The club are more likely to invest in young players. The fact We've been linked to the likes of Dili and Shao Felix. It shows the type of player the club will buy if they do invest big money. So having, you know, he might not be the most talented player anymore, but having someone with veins of eyes who can come on and smash in a penalty and who's the cosmic professional, is probably more helpful being around the squad than some other players in the team. But yeah, as you said, I think unless someone leaves, I can't see us. Bringing in a midfielder, I don't know who will go. And also, Cater is- K- has to get better. Just look how good, look how much better Mil- uh, Marnay has got season on season on season. Look how, like, Ryan Adams got better year on year. Mm. If Cater can take the trajectory that Marnay's took, he could be a really good player next year, and he could be world class the year after.
2: No, certainly. I mean, I don't. I don't think. I think few people could argue that. Our midfield is going to improve this season, regardless the of season of signings, because we started to see the best of Keda. I mean, I know my um, earlier in the season, I remember talking to my brother about Keda, and he was saying he was genuinely concerned that that maybe the England game didn't suit Keda because obviously he couldn't couldn't deny what he'd done in Germany, but he just didn't seem to be settling. But then towards the end of the season, he was texting me saying how much potential that lad has to be one of the best in the league. He he was starting to show a game on game. It's just unfortunate that he he picked up another injury when he he did. Um, But, you know, obviously, fortunately, we were able to get the the job done, even though he was missing. But he is going to to be able to show that on a more consistent basis next season. And and we're going to see the best of him. And, And obviously, I'm sure it'll take time for Ox to to kind of settle back in and, you know, of course, after a massive injury, but I'm sure he is going to offer something at least, at the very least, in the second half of the season. So we are going to improve there uh, generally regardless of signing so I'm not too concerned even if, if people might say our midfield was the weakest part of our team last season not say it was it was weak but most would, would probably point to that because the defence was, was almost faultless and the, the attacker one of the best in the world but it, it is going to improve without us making any, any kind of impact there so I, I won't be too concerned if we don't pick up a, a midfielder I mean, don't get me wrong, if, you know, Edwards wants to
1: bring in Milinkovic-Savic or, you know, Fernandez or Dombele, Be- I'm not going to complain what I owe I just don't think the club think they need to change anything. I think we're more likely to spend the money further up the field. We've got the right midfielders to play Klops. Oh, you ruined mid- my segway. Three mid- three midfielders, with two eights, and we've got the right midfielders if he wants to play t- t- play two midfielders and play, you know, Bobby as a ten.
0: You ruined my segway, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh what he said brings me perfectly on to uh, the front line. Um well mid- midfield I I quite like attacking midfielder, but a centre midfielder who can attack, pretty much, rather than attack a midfielder. All the bullshit jargon, whatever way you want to phrase it. Someone who has more end product than that current. is probably the best way to say it. But anyway, forward line time. Probably the bigger... You know, I think Origi did it in bits and Bob Sturridge did it towards the start of the season. Um, but, and Shakiri Well, he was kind of more of a midfield option for the first half. Um, But anyway... This is probably the biggest weakness in, in terms of our squad, I'd 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 probably say. Um we've got as as I mentioned early on, we've got a brilliant start in front three. Outside of that, we've got Origi, who's either the funniest and best player in the world or one of the worst. No middle ground. Um obviously Sturridge has left Brewster, who is like I think he's ninth eighteen or nineteen, coming off a I think he's a leg break. Um and we have apparently going to give him chances, but there is, I think there is definitely a need for, possibly not on the same level as the front three, because that would be very difficult to sell to someone, but in terms of people we've been linked with, Depay and Pepe, obviously from League 1, um, and coming from a league where they probably need to prove themselves in a, in a higher level of competition, but we definitely need someone as back up to the front three properly, Carl.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's certainly something we we need to address because I know there was kind of a, a stat that like our subs scored the most goals in the the Premier League or, or something on those lines. But I, I think that's where an example of where stats can can be misleading. That doesn't necessarily mean they were the most effective of subs. I mean, scored a lot of important goals. He didn't always play well in the games in which he scored. Like I, I, don't think he played particularly well against Newcastle when he scored the winner. I don't think he played particularly well in the Champions League final when he scored the winner. And you know, not to, to knock the guy for his goals, but performances are important too. You know, Shaqiri, as you said, had had kind of a spell where he looked quite good coming off the bench, and similarly, Sturridge started the season quite well. But there was no one there consistently throughout the. The season kind of being that reliable player whereas then you look at Man City and, and that's where we have to be looking for example of what we need to match because they're who we want to beat to the league title and you know you look at whenever like Leroy Sané came on that the impact he made he didn't always score or assist but he always made a massive impact I mean he did it against us that, that's that got to be something that, that stands out to us so I think you need a player like that and there of course there is the difficulty of bringing in a player that is going to be happy to to know that he's playing second string to to the front three we have and obviously there has been reports that Leroy Sané isn't completely happy at Man City and to talk he'd like to go to Bayern and that kind of thing and similar with Jesus but you need you you need that cover you you need someone who's going to push the the front three and I'm not really kind of I had someone recently on Twitter trying to sort of debate with me and say that oh you know it's not fair on Origi and Shaqiri and Brewster if we go and sign someone Like "That, that shouldn't be our concern if those players want to play they need to to do their very best to force their way into Klopp's plans and force their way in the team. That's their concern. That's that's not my concern as a fan. I want to know that we have kind of reliable, consistent cover, and I don't think we have that right now, unfortunately. So I think it's something that needs addressing.
1: I definitely agree with you that we need somebody. I was reading today at Melissa Reddy, we were saying that Origi won't be allowed to go this summer they won't sell him, they're offering him a contract, um, and he'll either sign a contract or stay, or he'll be allowed to leave in the summer. So it sounds like Klopp's planning to keep him around for another year. Maybe he's training brilliantly. He does offer a plan B because he's a very different player to so the rest of our fountain. For example, he's tall. Um you know he does give us another option. So I think he sticks around. Maybe the club are thinking we keep him for a year, see if we can develop him, keep working on Brewster. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know he either walks away for free or we signed a contract. We can cash in on him. Um, I like Shakiri. I know he's not the, you know, he's not set the world on fire, but the game against United, the assist he got for, was it for a really score against Newcastle, the corner. Mm-hmm. I just think I just think he'll stick around. And like if you look at if you look at Shaq's career, he's gone to. Inter it didn't quite work out. He went to Bayern Munich. It didn't quite work out. He went to Stoke and got his manager back. And it's almost like he's appeared. He's decided that he'd rather be a bit part at a big club, but at a big club where the coach seems to love him and give him a hug, than he would. Uh, then he would be the you know the big fish in a small pond. I think I think Shark looks happy for at least another season. I hope he stays. You know, he's a dead ball specialist. He's got thighs the size of Roberto Carlos. And I just think he'll get better. You know, he was learning to play a completely different way. When he was playing at Stoke, he was, you know, he was the Salah of the team. His job was to be the fulcrum. It wasn't to trap back. He was meant to stay further up the pitch. So when Stoke did get the ball, he could break and he could create or shoot or do what he needed to do. So having to become part of the team where he's a functioning cog and a wheel was a new thing for him. So I think we'll see an improved player next year. He looks a happy player but I do think we need one more. And I think we need, what I think we need is somebody who's either a real Bobby replacement who can play on the left or a really good left player who can come in and play on the left and then maybe Mane gets a few more games through the centre because he did all right, didn't he? he? scored a few goals this season, Mane.
0: Mm. All I'm hearing here, lads, is that we should sign Leroy Sardin. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah it'd be, be phenomenal <laughs> it would be lovely um we've not... do you
1: know Jade Sancho you know he's going throw a hundred million at, uh Russie Dortmund.
0: yeah, why not why not I, that'd be a tough that'd be a that'd be good that'd be lovely um but That'd that's... just
1: be trolling, City beyond
0: belief, wouldn't it? <laughs> they wouldn't even talk. They wouldn't even talk to us when we try to sign him when he was like a toddler. <laughs> uh, it would be funny that. Um, Carl, obviously, we speak a lot uh, in, our, in our one-up group and stuff uh, about transfers and stuff. You, you've kind of been quite dismissive of the Pepe stuff because the price has kind of gone from forty-ish to like a, a lot more, um, but. Any any names that I'd jump out of you because this is this is the one position we actually have been linked with people I mentioned two in Depay and um, and Pepe himself. But is there anyone anyone you think could could do that perfectly for us?
2: It, it's very difficult. I mean, you you kind of teed me up there with with the price. I, I thought Pepe made a lot of sense in terms of his profile, you know, he's versatile, he's young, and I think that's that's obviously what we're going to be in the market for. Um, but at the same time obviously he's he's somewhat established. But then the price suddenly went from 40 million to 70 million. And I just thought like even though obviously we've got money, we're in great position financially, I just don't see us being the kind of club that would spend seventy million on who effectively is going to be a sold at least to start. Similarly, I thought Neres made sense for similar region region mm. uh, reasons. Tongue tied there for a moment, mm-hmm. but he he since uh, it since I read an article yesterday where a, a Dutch journalist was saying that Ajax's view is they know that De Jong is gone, they expect De Ligt and um, Ziyech to go, so they don't want any more stars to go, so they're slapping massive price tags on De Beek and Neres. So, so that it would take like £80 million pound or something on those lines for them to consider say, selling Neres. So that, that pretty much takes him off the plate. And we haven't heard too many other names like that Depay was linked for a while. I like him, but at the same time, I'm not sure he makes sense because age-wise, he's a bit closer to the lads we have currently. So it wouldn't make as much sense as as kind of a long-term successor. Um, and again, financially be quite expensive. I mean, yesterday, I think, or the day before we were, we were linked to, to Corneille off, uh Leon, who, again, age wise makes sense. And, and probably he would financially make sense because I'd imagine he'd cost a lot less. But that then you you kind of ask the question: Is is he suitable? He's he's probably not kind of been nearly as consistent as the other players we've we've talked about. Maybe that's what you pay for is the the consistency. So I think it's very difficult. I mean, to to say on on names like I all these players like I, I really like what I've seen in Neres and the the Champions League and would would have been for him. As I said, I really like the the pie, but you know, it's just very difficult to to kind of even contemplate who we might sign. A name could just come entirely out of left field like Fabinho did. And I I seen an article earlier suggesting Liverpool were biding their time, waiting to see if targets become available. And and that could be the thing because it's been a slow transfer window in general bar a few select clubs like Dortmund and Real Madrid. So you'd wonder if possibly there's a couple of players we have our eye on, but their clubs are waiting to get replacements in. Well, think about the Alisson thing.
1: Last season, Alisson wasn't available and his price was prohibitive. But then the second Roma said, actually, we'll sell him. We dropped interest in Fakir. And two days later, we signed the best keeper on the planet. So maybe you're right. Maybe they're just waiting to find out who, who's actually available.
2: And who wants to come to the club for the right reasons. And we have that, you know, we we have that benefit that we can do that because we're not desperate for anyone. I think we do, obviously, if we want to improve and, and keep challenger for honors. And that don't get me wrong, I think we need this this sub attacker, particularly and and, and also a left back is important. But we're not like we have such a good eleven. That we're not in that we're not like Man United, where you know and I'm not just taking snipes at our rivals. Yes, and, you are. You know, even if <laughs> <laughs> even if it comes across that way, but like, look at the position they're in. They're they're kind of hurrying about. Like, oh, we'll go for this right back. We'll go for this centre back. Forty million offer here, fifty million. Like, there's kind of a panic there because they know their eleven has a lot of holes in it, and that's why they're they they're willing to to pay over the odds for players. I mean, the, the suggestions tonight that they've finally agreed a £55 million fee for Juan Very talented young right-back. That's obviously an area that, that they need to address. And, and that's why they, they seem so desperate. And we're fortunate that we don't have to be desperate. Similar city, obviously, are in a, a similar position of fortune and that, that they're able to buy their time and let... Um, Rodri kind of uh, apparently was deciding whether he wanted to leave Atletico or not, and he's apparently now decided he will. So City are happy to go and pay his his release clause, but but they're in that position where they don't have to say, "Oh well, if you can't decide now, Rodri, we're going to move on to Plan B," because they're not that desperate for midfielders because they, they have plenty of options. And I, th- I think that's kind of a testament to the position we're in now that we, we have such a strong team that we're, we're no longer having to, to hurry about and. You know, I remember days under Rafa Benitez where suddenly he couldn't get Plan A, B, or C, and suddenly we're signing Plan D, Jermaine, G, Jermaine Pennant. You know, um. So it's good that we're not in that position anymore, where we're desperate for signings and where we can be patient. And I'm sure that's the outlook that Klopp and Edwards are taking that they're they're happy to wait if it takes to the end of the window. They'll they'll wait till the end of the window. But I suppose fans aren't going to be that patient because there's not football to. To kind of entertain them. They, they want a bit of transfer gossip. And... Oh my god! Have
1: you seen Adam on Twitter today? What He's been going.
0: What, what planes? Sorry, <laughs> what
1: planes have gone in and out of uh, Paris, Geneva, and Leon? <laughs> Honestly, I was taking the him on WhatsApp, and he started on started on Twitter, and I was like, "What are you doing?" So you're, yeah, you're right. Fans can't wait. They're impatient. Ah, bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. I think it's why what, what I find really interesting is the profile of the forwards and attacking players we've looked at you know Fekir had a phenomenal season last year playing as a left inside forward played a good few games as a number nine played a bit as a ten scored a good few goals uh, players we've looked at this year you know Joe Felix is obviously Probably not going to us, but he was the earlier name, wasn't he? And he was doing the same for same for Benfica. He was coming in off the left. He played quite a few games as a false nine, and you know we do need someone to do that when we don't have Bobby. And profiles that it could be a similar player. You know, Memphis Depay is a left winger who can play up front. You know, but then suddenly we've got Nicolas Pepe, who I mean, I know who scored isn't the most reliable, but they do have him down as starting all 33 games on the right. And that's why I don't think we'd get Pepe because unless we're moving Salah, you know, through the centre full time, but most scores, most of his goals from the right. Shaq is really a right-sided inside forward. And Mane is just as good on the right as he's on the left. So that's why I don't think the Pepe thing is real because there's, I can't see why we need another player to fill that role of a similar profile to our best player. Whereas all the players that linked that can play on the left and as a 10 or the left or as a striker make complete sense because without Mane, we don't really have anyone to play on the left. Without Bobby, we've got to move Solaro Mane through the middle or rely on Origi, who you said yourself, he scored some really important goals for us but he played some bloody awful football in those games. I mean, did he actually connect a single pass in the final? I, I, know, I know it doesn't <laughs> matter, but he didn't, did he? He was just like trying through balls and crazy shit everywhere. And he did the important thing, bottom corner, but, you know, he's not exactly Mo uh... no Salah, is he?
0: No. Well, but, well, sorry, continue your point. We'll, we'll summarise in a sec.
2: Yeah, no, I was just going to say that's a, a fair point I hadn't actually considered about the, the Pepe thing. Again, the, the price had already made me consider him as, as not one we're probably pursuing, but I hadn't even really thought that that he primarily plays from, from the right or, or um, sometimes centrally, um, whereas other players who have been linked to, it, like Depay or Neres, play more often on the left. So at least in that sense, they they might make more... More of a, a, a sense as a, a potential target for us, so that is something certainly I hadn't really even considered when it when it comes to who could possibly come in. It's, it's it is a fair point. So like
1: Brant Brant was a left a left winger who learnt how to play right wing and then learnt to be a ten, then learnt to be a number eight. But he was most dangerous in his early football from the left, which is why you can see we were originally linked with him because he could fulfil that role, but also was versatile enough to get games by playing everywhere else. We're also forgetting Ox isn't that bad on the right either, is he?
0: Don't think he fits the system, there to be that well. But um, We're about one hour and ten minutes now, so do, shall we summarise? I mean, th- this podcast is about... Well, it's kind of been about what we kind of need to do to topple City, I suppose. Um, regardless of what City... down know we've mentioned Rodri and um, possibly Sane leaving and, and stuff like that, but it is... What we've been through, obviously, we talked about possibly signing a young centre-back, full-back cover, but mainly um, attacking depth and poss- possibly, probably, only me who said um, could see us buying an attacking centre midfielder. But is that enough, what we've discussed here, to take over City? Uh I'll start with you, Carl.
2: It. In- Potentially, I mean, you know, we we don't know what City are going to do. We, we don't know kind of what kind of season they're going to have. You know, last year, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne, who had been their best player the season before, had a lot of injuries. You know how available is he going to be this season, or could another player that was important to them this season suddenly be injured, like Raheem Sterling or Bernardo Silva? You, you just don't know. I mean, City are such an elite kind of top level side with with kind of depth in every position, and it only sounds like they're they're going to be adding even more in that sense. I mean, with the suggestions they're going to replace Danilo with with uh, Cancelo, so you know that says it all. Um, so it, it, it's it's difficult to say, but it, I, I think. All we can do is is try and do our best, try and put our club in the best position, you know, to to achieve our aims. And I think by getting that depth in attack and and adding kind of a, a young left back and and potentially a young centre half, if if Lovren gets an offer that he wants to accept, I think that would put us in in that position. Um, you know, we're I'm sure like people are going to say, oh no, we could we improve this player, or we can improve that player. Any any club can say that, but. You know, you're not going to go out and sign five, six players in a season where you just got 97 points and won the Champions League. It's it just doesn't happen. So uh, I think they are the moves that we need to make, and I'm confident that we will make them, even if it takes till the first week in August. I think is kind of towards the end, yeah. So because mm-hmm. uh, they change when it ends, so uh, even if it takes till the first week in August, we we will kind of get get these players in. I'm sure.
0: And Stephen, yourself?
2: Yeah, I think I don't think we
1: need a lot at all. I mean, if you look at the squad as a whole, apart from Milner because of his age, and, and Henderson, Lalana, maybe Matic because I think they've hit their ceiling. I think every other player in our squad can and will improve this year, and I think some players might take monumental leaps. So I really think Kate will be one of those, and I think players like Shaqiri and Gomez. And Robinson are just going to keep showing incremental improvements. That might not be obvious on September the first, but by the end of the year, we'll be we'll be looking, and the way we've looked at Ginny and Marnie this year, and gone, haven't they? Haven't they really stepped up? I just think that the squad's going to get better. We've just got to add that little bit of depth. a little bit of our front three have played insane numbers. Uh, all playing a lot of football this summer as well. So as Cy Brundish likes to point out quite a lot, you know, we those people talk about the number of minutes people play for their club, but they forget their international minutes. We need one more quality player who can play the equivalent of, including international football, the equivalent of 35 games in a season, 40 games in a season, to make sure that our front players are always fit, fighting, cover for each other, we can play players who are actually in form, that you know, we can actually keep the squad going because that's the only way we match 97 points. But I don't think they're major... It's not major surgery, is it? We're talking there'll be a goalkeeper and they'll probably never play. Hope A, a centre-back who's going to be cover, who might be a young player we're looking to develop, or it might be another clavan, which is just do your job when you need it and attacking forward. You know, that's... that's that's all you want to see though, the team that's almost won the championship and is a Champions League final winner is Tweaks, not major surgery. Yeah. Unless someone gets a massive injury between now and first week of August.
0: You just ended it on a right down mood. <laughs> Touch wood. Uh, that doesn't happen. But yeah, I think I think you've summarised it. Both of you is quite well there. There's not loads we need doing. Uh, but more players the merrier uh that doesn't mean we go by 20 odd players but probably three three four um whether that's two starting players and a couple squad players or whatever but yeah i, I think you, you've summed it up perfectly just little tweaks and adds to depth and maybe one one starting midfielder i suppose but yeah per- perfectly put um so we will finish up there um We'll be back throughout the summer. I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe I'll talk to some more uh, opposing fans about their summers and and stuff like that. But once we start, once Liverpool actually start signing the players, which hopefully isn't the first week of August, Carl, we'll we'll do some reactions to stuff on there. But uh, thanks for joining me, you two, and thanks for everyone who's listened. Goodbye. Network.